Hey there, friends. Well, today we have something really fun for you. I'm Joe Saul Cihai, and my co-host, Bobby Rebell, and I, just before all of this coronavirus apocalypse came down on us, Bobby and I actually were out in public. Remember when we used to do that? We, we flew to Orlando, both of us, and met with our producer, Ashley, and the three of us went to a fantastic conference called PodFest, where it's all things podcasting. And while we were there, we were honored to be asked to perform our show live in the exhibitor hall. So we were up on a stage in front of all the exhibitors, and we did a show. We actually, as usual, did two short shows. Whenever we do our show live, we do two, and then we cut them in half. So we have that for you today and Monday, two things that are just a memory. It seems like so long ago that we were actually out in public doing something like this. So let's take you to PodFest just over a month ago in Orlando, Florida. How are you staying competitive in the workforce? We've got new data on what your competition is doing and some specific ideas of how you can keep up, including how to pay for it. That and so much more on this edition of Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebell, host of the Financial Grown-Up podcast, coming to you from PodFest in Orlando, <laughs> Florida. And also coming to you live from PodFest 2020. I'm Joe Saul Cihai. Happy to be out of the basement, Bobby. Yes, yes. Happy to finally get out of the kitchen. But this is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape. We break those stories down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. Today's show is brought to you by Tiller Money. Only Tiller Money automatically updates spreadsheets with your daily finances. You can easily track everything in one place with the greatest flexibility and control. Guess what? You can check it out for free at TillerHQ.com. Or if you decide you really like it, you'll get 20% off if you go to TillerHQ.com forward slash MWF. And you also support the show. And you support the show. Which is very important. That's the key part. Make sure to use our link. Keep us coming to places like PodFest. Before we get into this, this is pretty incredible, Bobby. So just to paint the picture, we're up on a stage. Yes. Everybody is milling around, uh, talking to different vendors about better equipment, maybe help with show transcripts. Like this is where not money nerds, but podcasting nerds all come and hang out. See, it's interesting you took that angle. My angle was what swag is available here at PodFest and what will people be bringing home? Because that's what my family always wants to know. I get home from these trips and they're just like, what did you bring us? Spoken like a true, true money nerd. (laughs) Well, it's funny. A lot of people here may have come from radio. And as you know, a lot of radio people have transitioned over to podcasting. Today, we're going to talk about people changing jobs and and keeping up with the times. Staying competitive. Yeah, so let's see which one of our friends is going to help us kick off today's show. This is Tara from Rise Up. The Money Talking Party starts now. It's time for Money with Friends. All right, this story comes to us from Quartz, and the writer is Michael Corin. The headline, A Guide to Staying Competitive in the Workforce. In the modern workforce, learning has become everyone's job. Workers are increasingly expected to spend time mastering how to use technology to do their jobs better. At the same time, technological skills must be updated faster than before. Automation and AI, that stands for artificial intelligence, Joe, just so you know, um, are poised to transform or eliminate as many as 375 million jobs worldwide. 
Technology training holds enormous promise for helping people navigate the tectonic forces reshaping the world of work. But for many, the idea of going back to school in the current context can be overwhelming. We've assembled some of the best resources to help. Why is learning new skills so important? The piece says, picking up new technical skills like coding and design has the potential to help millions of people escape the low-wage trap. No less than 44% of all U.S. workers aged 18 to 64 without a college education find themselves earning just $17,950 per year with little chance of social mobility. The Brookings Institute's seminal report on the 53 million making up America's low-wage workforce also illustrates a larger plight across the industrialized world as low-skilled jobs disappear and wages decline. MIT economist David Otter describes just how we got here, starting with wage stagnation in the 1970s. Uh, he says... One of the enduring paradoxes that has accompanied the rise of wage inequality over the last four decades in industrialized economies is a sustained fall in real wages experienced by less educated workers, he writes. One economic force stands out from the others, the intersection of technological progress and worker productivity known as occupational change. Retraining is not just critical for low-wage workers. Everyone will need to prepare. The Pew Foundation's 2017 report on the future of work offers a diverse perspective on what lies ahead. You'll get plenty of insight and some uncertainty as well. The World Economic Forum series on the future of jobs is another. LinkedIn's learning and your reports dive into the skills and strategies employers are using to develop and, and attract talent. So, and the piece goes on from there. But what do you what do you think about this? I want to start from the beginning here, Bobby. They talk about 375 million jobs going bye bye. Yeah. Well, this is very familiar to me because my career up until about three or four years ago was in the media business, and I have seen that entire industry completely disrupted. My friends that worked in magazines, the magazines don't exist anymore. Some of them still have digital forms, but the actual physical magazine industry that employed so many people in my you know, group of friends, just literally there are no magazines. And so those people have all had to reinvent themselves. So even though that sounds so dramatic, the truth is that can happen. Even where I was, which is broadcast journalism, is very different than it used to be. Being a guy from Detroit, I've kind of kept up with what's going on with cars and self-driving cars. And you look at where that's going to hit first, truck drivers, right? Uh, and that's really the goal for a lot of these trucking companies is not to have, it isn't, it isn't the cost of the worker, even though the workers are going bye-bye. It's the fact that after so many hours on the road, they have to pull the truck over because they're falling asleep. So right. now they can keep that truck going and they can go all night. And now you've got a much, much faster uh, throughput to the customer when it comes to moving stuff. But not only that, I think of the whole idea, some of the gig economy, like Uber drivers, Lyft drivers, lots, lots of jobs just in that one industry I can point to. Yeah. Well, I think it's also interesting how if you're smart, you're looking at your industry, you're seeing what's going on and you're constantly retraining and reinventing yourself as you go along. In other words, not making a giant one-time career transition, but tons of mi little micro movements within your career. And that's what I tried to do. My One of the best pieces of advice that I got soon before I left Reuters, which was my last major corporate employer, was learn everything you can there. And a lot of the skills that I learned there, for example, I started what's called tracking, which is voicing my own, uh, the voiceovers for the pieces I was doing. I learned to do that myself instead of having somebody help me. And I learned how to use GarageBand and do editing 
that has served me well in this new career that I have. So learning skills where you are, even from your colleagues, even if it's jobs that you don't do there, learn from them. And then when you go to do something else, your resume um, or your LinkedIn profile, as it really is now, is going to be so much richer for those different skills. And you never know which one of those skills are going to be the most viable at each time. So having a bigger assortment is always going to be better, I think. Yeah, I think about that even from the local TV that I did for a decade. The reporters that I would talk to initially, they would they would come out with a crew of three, the producer, the camera person, and the reporter. And now that I'm back in the Detroit area, I was on TV four times, I think, last year. Crew of one. The person comes out, sets up their own camera, no producer with them, and they're, they're, they're setting up the camera, they're pressing record. They have to learn new skills, which brings up... To your point, what I, what I really want to talk about here is why do so many people, study after study shows that so many people hate change, right? Mm. When the only thing that's ever constant is that things are going to change. I feel like that's like hating running water. Change is going to happen no matter what you do. I think you're correct. I think I'm the wrong person to ask because I always enjoy learning different skills. I'm the nerd that's sitting there at night having fun doing continuing education classes for my CFP, as you know. Um, but look, I think there's a certain comfort to doing the same familiar thing and knowing that you're good at something, but the world is sometimes changing around you and you have to be paying attention. We did put this out to our Instagram audience and we got a bunch of um, answers. We asked them, what are your tips to basically stay relevant in your career to be continually reinventing yourself? I like what Jaxter says here, uh, do what you can and pray. <laughs> but, 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 and I think that while both sides are important, the do what you can piece of that yeah. is, is important. Stay on top of what's going on in your industry yeah. and, uh, and, and, and try to be one step ahead, you know, I, try yes. to be an innovator, even in podcasting. The reason that we're here today is because we're looking at new technologies, new ways of editing shows, new ways of putting things together. I mean, it's, it's pretty exciting. And from what? I've been in podcasting now for nine years. Mm -hmm. Just the tools I use today, Bobby, totally different than what I used nine years ago when I started. Right. Oh. And some of the tools can make your product better. They can also make it more efficient. They can save you money because things, sure. for example, we use Canva for a lot of things that we do, which is a graphic software. And that eliminated the need to always, I think there's value, intellectual value to having a graphic artist at times, of course. But for everyday stuff, we can use Canva and that yeah. saves us a lot of money from, and, and a lot of time, frankly, having to just, so we can do everything ourselves. Well, and you know, when the editors bring us this stuff, uh, we will put it into a program called Descript, which mm -hmm. now I can look at the words and because I can, I can, uh, can look at the, the transcription, it's much easier to edit for content. And by the way, I heard about that maybe six or seven years ago from an NPR person that that's what they did. And I remember sitting in the front row of that conference, Bobby, saying, there's no way I could do that. And today, because of Google Translate mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and uh, 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 Descript, I can, I can do that. Uh, Ron has a great thing that he said here on Instagram, listen more and talk less. Love that. Absolutely. Uh, Logan says, never stop learning. I think that's, I think the attitude here is everything. And I don't yes. want to go too much into that because we're going to steal from my takeaway <laughs> if we do that. You got a couple more on here? Um, I don't know if you read all of them. Um, oh, yes. Always. This is a good one. Very important. Always bring donuts to the Monday morning meetings. <laughs> so, but, but in seriousness, okay, that's definitely funny and cool and all that. But the truth is that being someone that, that, you know, is 
likability, let's say. Sure. That's a really important thing in terms of staying relevant in your business. Because a lot of times when people make decisions about promotions, they might perceive it as being the person that's really good at the job, but it's often the person that they like the most and want to work with is the person that gets the best assignment. So likability, doing nice little gestures for the people that you work with, like bringing donuts to meeting, that's definitely always a winning strategy can be something good. Not the same as actually learning actual skills, but also important. You know, they talk about hard skills and soft skills, and they talk about that being a soft skill communication and and working with people. And yet you think that's the number one reason why you don't want to work with somebody is because they're difficult, right? Learning to not be difficult to work with. In fact, there's a team that I'm on right now. I'm a freelancer on on a project Last year, there was a freelancer and the woman that that uh, we all worked with, incredibly organized, but not as easy to work with. This year, I'm working with a gentleman who is way more disorganized than the woman was. And I thought, what, why, does it, why do I feel like everybody really enjoys this more? And you know why? Mm-hmm. It's because he's so easy to work with, even yeah. though he's incredibly bad at the job compared to the woman that was in that job before. Well, the truth is how much you like a job is often tied to who you're sitting next to. That's right. I mean, my sister had a job she really hated. And when I started asking her why, it came down to who she was sitting next to. Because that's who you're spending, in theory, eight hours, in reality, often much more dealing with all day. That's yeah. your day. You spend as much, if not more time with your coworkers sometimes than with your family in terms of waking hours. So it's really important. And that is specifically why you hate this money with friends gig, isn't it? I'm, I'm working. Yeah. Who I'm you're sitting it, next to. I am working through it, Joe. <laughs> um, one thing that's very meaningful to me though, is how to, a lot of people say, well, I don't have the time or the money to do this. And that can be a real barrier. So I was curious. I did ask our Instagram money friends, if they worked for a company, you know, presumably a larger company, do that. Does that company pay for continuing education classes like um, whatever things relevant to the job or graduate degrees? What sure. do you think they said in our I think, scientific poll? I think a lot of companies are very short sighted and they don't think that they can afford it. So I'll, I'm going to say 50 50. Actually, our money friends said yes to 60 percent. So 60. not a huge majority. But a majority is it is available to them that they will pay for either graduate degrees or some kind of continuing education. I think that's great thinking on the part of the employer, because I'll tell you, there's this great management guru, Tom Peters, who I love. And Tom says something that I've always thought of. The more you help the people that work for you grow and develop and leave the job, the less eager they'll be to ever leave the job. But the more you keep people down and not try to give them the tools to move on the quicker they're going to go find those people to work with. And people might say, as if you're running a company, what if I educate them and then they leave? Of course, that's true. But first of all, a lot of people statistically end up coming back to companies where they've had a good experience. Sure. I am forever grateful to CNBC, my first employer, because they paid for all of my courses to become a CFP, which is huge. And they also paid for, I took a class on the Fed, which was really helpful because I did not understand the Fed for the longest time. It was so sad. And it benefited them because... The copy was correct, and I was not misinforming the, the viewers when I wrote stories about the Fed. I was just thinking, I've been in the financial media and financial planning world now for, what, 26 years? And you're the person who understands the Fed. I took a whole course on the <laughs> Fed. Are, the I took person. a semester on just the Fed. Yes, I even took technical analysis. But and, I don't think I'd impress you with my understanding of stock market I, technical I, analysis. I, but I knew all about the candlesticks and all this weird stuff at one time. We're going to save that for the next episode. <laughs> Uh, in just a second, Bobby and I are going to have a big takeaway from today's live at PodFest 2020 piece. 
But before we get to that, I want to talk just a little bit about Tiller Money because Tiller Money is your financial life in a spreadsheet. What I love about it is that different than a lot of the apps that I've used in the past, Tiller Money is this spreadsheet-based thing, which, by the way, the second I say spreadsheet-based thing, that makes me think I would hate it. I'm not a big spreadsheet guy, even though I'm a money nerd. I like to go quickly. But what I love about Tiller is I can dumb it down as much as I want and get exactly what I want because it's a spreadsheet. So I can hit delete, delete, delete. Also, there's an easy button so that all of my transactions download every single day automatically. So if you want to check it out, See if you like it as much as I do. It's tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. And you can try it out for free. And if you use that link and you decide you like it, you're going to get 20% off your annual subscription. So big thanks to them. Thank All right. you, Tiller. Yeah, big thanks to Tiller. All right. Moment of truth. Friends, this is not optional. You must always be on top of how your industry is changing, how you can protect yourself to keep your job by having more skills than you need for your current job, or as in the case of my career in media, seeing how the industry economics are changing and taking proactive steps to make sure you can stay relevant and continue to get paid if you need to. We all, I think, should get paid. But as the daughter of a woman who went to law school with three kids at home in her 40s, I truly believe we can all learn at any age, and that is a really good thing. Well, and that ties right into mine because not only can we learn we should keep an attitude where we want to learn. I think it keeps you younger. I think uh, you see studies that people that feel like they're more needed are people that live a long, long time. I, I think it's just a much healthier mindset. So I know that about a month ago when Jack Welch passed away, Bobby, Paul Ollinger and I, we talked about my favorite Jack Welch phrase, and it just came back again with this piece, which is face the world the way it is, not the way you wish it were. And I know I we that. wish that things are going to stay the same all the time, mm -hmm. but things are always changing. And if we know that and we're constantly keeping up with it and we have a mindset that we enjoy that change way, way, way better than fighting gravity and, and thinking things are never going to change and hoping for that because that's never going to come true. Wise words, my friend. Well, Jack, by Jack Welch. Yes. yes. If people want to hang out with us, you missed us at PodFest this year. Sorry. Sorry. But you can hang out with us on Instagram where you make the show. How do they do that, Bobby? At Money Friends Pod is our Instagram handle. Stay close to the stories if you want to get a shout out on the show by answering one of our polls and quizzes. That's also our handle at Money Friends Pod on Twitter. And you can learn more about the show at our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. Coming on Monday, a big bank back in the news. Oh, well, no, not again. Wells Fargo. Oh, no. Oh, no. And I wish it were for ah! something good, Bobby. But you know it's not. <laughs> you know. So we train wreck coming oh. Monday. We'll see everybody back here at Money with Friends. Bye-bye. This show is created and hosted by Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebell and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2020. Ryan Sini and Nicole Thornhill from Pro Podcast Solutions engineered this show, and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be a part of the show. 
As with anything, remember, you shouldn't take advice from any of us or other video or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.